tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney+. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. What's up, everybody? You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I am one of your hosts today, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Murph. I'm taking. I'm filling in for Josh Lee Kwai today. It's Murph Lee Kwai, everybody. Yep, that's me. Uh, welcome to the show, Murph. We got a big one in front of us. We are doing the best multicolored commanders. In fact, all of the multicolored commanders from Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. That's tongueful. But before we get into it, we're going to talk about a lot of cards today. You may want to pick up some of those cards, and the best way to do so is by heading over and typing into our URL channelfireball.com slash command you're going to see channel fireballs marketplace and what can we say this is the marketplace it's the bodega it's the place for you to go and get all of your sweet sweet cards and not just that sealed product at an amazing price and you're shopping from local game stores around the country you're going to get the cards anyway so why not support the show while you're doing so and you're going to get great customer service because you're working with real stores accredited stores by wizards and local game stores definitely need our support in this day and age so please head on over to channelfireball.com slash command Pick up your Magic Card Sealed product today. You get some pre-orders in. Are you looking for any forward to any sets this year, Murph? Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Dominaria United, Brothers War. Woohoo! I can't wait for Baldur's Gate to come out. All the cards look super sick. Yes, I'm excited for Unfinity. It's Unfinity, taking its oh time, gosh. but I'm going to pick up some of those lands. So <laughs> yeah, those shock lands. Channelfireball.com slash command is the place to do it. Once you get those cards, put them into an Ultra Pro sleeve or a deck box or on a playmat. Do whatever you can to protect your cards because those cards are worth something both to yourself and to someone that you may trade it to in the future. So you want those cards in pristine condition. Ultra Pro is the place to go. They've got your hookup for everything that you need all the way from your playmats to your dice to your sleeves your deck boxes if you're traveling to magic fest vegas like we are you might want to put some of your decks into travel safe boxes and ultra pro has all of that stuff the satin towers i use every single time i go out so definitely make sure you hook it up ultrapro.com or shop.ultrapro.com slash command is also their online store they have tons of stuff they also have sales per uh, periodically they just had a father's day sale great way to get some discounts on some amazing gear and you can find tons of stuff they're not just magically gathering related and the last way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone we shout out one lucky patron every single episode so this week's episode is dedicated to rec deck that's a cool name that is a cool name uh, i believe it may be a show name or something but rec deck thank you so much not rock. just <laughs> not just do you rock, but you actually subscribed at the year plan, which allows you Ooh. to save money. So if you're planning on being a patron for longer than just a few months and you'll go for the whole year, you can actually save some money by doing so. So you can check out all those options, patreon.com slash command zone. Very nice. All right, let's get right into it. The main topic are the multicolored commanders battle for Baldur's Gate. Whew. Okay, so we're not going to cover the multicolored commanders from the commander product. These are just the cards from the main set. And there's already a lot of them, Jimmy. Yes. There's so many. <laughs> there's so many. So before we get into it, we're going to talk just very quickly about the brand new mechanic called Initiative. 
Uh, Murph, why don't you break down what the initiative is? Okay, so the initiative is basically if you take a dungeon mechanic and monarch and you slap them together into a mechanic. Uh, so if you ever have a card that says take the initiative, then you get the initiative token. Yeah, and like then, the monarch token, but in this case, it's the initiative token. Exactly. And so whenever you take the initiative, then you venture into a specific dungeon, the Undercity. So. Yep. The dungeons you may remember from the last uh, Dungeons & Dragons set, Adventures into the Forgotten Realms. It was last year. Uh, they had three different dungeons. There's only one dungeon for in the, the initiative. It's called the Undercity. It plays out just like any of the other dungeons. You can walk through the different rooms. You can only go a certain direction once you've chosen the path. And any cards that say venture into the dungeon allow you to go one room deeper. But the initiative also allows you to do so. And when does that happen, Murph? So the initiative will let you advance rooms at the beginning of your upkeep. Um, it's not at the beginning of end step like Monarch, it's at the beginning of upkeep, or whenever you take the initiative, either by having a card that says take the initiative or dealing combat damage to a player, which is why it's kind of like the Monarch. Yep, so cards, uh, Monarch cards that said you become the Monarch means that you take that from someone else or you introduce the Monarch to the game. You take the initiative is very similar, or if you deal combat damage to someone just like Monarch, you take the initiative then, and then you instantly go into that dungeon. Yes, and notably, you have a completely different Undercity dungeon than somebody else. So if somebody else takes the initiative, ventures into their own undercity goes a couple rooms in you don't take over where they took over you start a fresh dungeon oh, wow. a fresh the undercity yeah so that's a little confusing obviously if you're at the table monarch isn't hard to track but if four people are going into the undercity you may all want to get your own undercity card <laughs> or a different colored dice or something to represent yourself as you move through the dungeon oh that's cool it's like a little game of sorry or yeah, something as you're moving through a single one <laughs> budge the table this thing would be really annoying if people all got shifted around you have no idea where they are yeah maybe there's like a tracker on the phone or something yeah that would be nice oh that'd be something yeah maybe yeah, just we like can a dungeon think, tracker we can or something. think of something maybe lifelinker can add something oh yeah there. we totally should yeah that'd yeah be so handy because i don't want to carry around a, dun a bunch of dungeons and be like hmm what dungeon do i want to venture into this time or <laughs> yeah, oh, it's point. the undercity i'm also not promising anything because it's development time uh, <laughs> another new mechanic is the background mechanic so these are legendary enchantments that go alongside commanders that say you can choose a background we're not going to cover those in this review although they can make a lot of those uh, monocolor commanders into multicolor commanders there's gonna be an entire episode dedicated to that so pay attention for that there's just way too much to cover in this single review yeah notably the backgrounds will only get paired with monocolor commanders no more multicolor uh, commanders have anything that pairs with backgrounds so we're not going to talk about it for this review yep all right and then we have a couple a few returning mechanics myriad which is whenever you attack a player you create a copy for each other player at the table and then those copies attack those players correct yep uh, and then adventure similar to what it was last time uh, going into the old dungeons and then dice rolling lots of dice rolling we are in the dungeons and dragons set uh no not, not dungeons for adventure oh, adventure no. is like from uh, throne of eldrin Oh, where you send you're right. people on an adventure. Right. So adventure is a subtext on a card, basically, that allows you to play it as a card that goes on an adventure, it goes into exile, and then you can cast the main part of the card later from exile. Okay. <laughs> Throw in the bell drain. Also, the party mechanic is also back. So there's lots of different sort of old mechanics from other sets that kind of made it in here. Yeah, I'm glad they did because like party and adventure and stuff was all stuff that felt like it should have been in the first yeah. Dungeons and Dragons set. Should have so, been. Yeah, should've been. I'm glad now, they're rectifying their mistakes then. Now it is, yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to the multicolored commanders here in alphabetical order. There all are right. two parts to this set review. So if you don't hear the card covered in this set review, it will be in the next one. We're going up to the letter J. Uh, it's like halfway through the alphabet. That's yeah, about halfway through the alphabet. It's also the best letter of the alphabet. Best letter of the alphabet, baby. Yeah, followed up by <laughs> M for Murph. Okay, so let's start off with Alando, Alando the Seer. This is two green and a blue for a 3-5 human shaman. It's got a lot of text. Get ready. 
however nicely it's not on like three different lines of text it's just a single thing okay it says tap draw a card then exile a card from your hand and put a number of time counters on it equal to its mana value it gains when the last time counter is removed from this card if it's exiled you may cast it without paying its mana cost if you cast a creature spell this way it gains haste until end of turn then remove a time counter from each other card you own in exile so this reminds me a lot of joyra obviously the original one uh, oh yeah uh, but however, that one was red, blue. I believe yes. this is green and blue. So what do we think about suspend, basically, which is the mechanic that he's uh, doing here? Yeah, so it's an interesting mechanic because at base level, by tapping, even if you can't use the ability, it's basically looting. You draw and then you exile a card with time counters and then hopefully you'll get it later. Yeah, but and you remove a time counter from each other card that's already in exile. So at the very base minimum, even if you don't have a card, you have zero cards in hand, but you have three cards that are have time counters in exile, you might still definitely tap this, draw a card, and exile a card. Yeah, at least you're getting something out of it. Yeah. Um, so this is interesting because these are not cards with suspend, so yes. they will not lose those time counters uh, with each upkeep as typical with suspend. So that's actually a big downside i think yeah so whenever you suspend a card uh, it'll automatically well whenever you suspend a card using a card that has the suspend mechanic yeah it will remove a time counter from the upkeep and then that's it's like you're paying time instead of mana for the card yeah and then and once all those counters are gone then you cast it for free if it's a creature it has haste yep and obviously the reason that this is powerful in joyra is that you can suspend oh eldrazi yes other huge spells and you're cheating the mana cost when it comes out yeah cheating uh, mana cost is very powerful but this is a little bit more difficult because it takes the mana cost into account yeah, so that's really interesting. It is equal to its mana value, so you're not going to be able to do an Eldrazi, otherwise you're going to get 11 time counters or whatever when you put it out there. Which you could do. So whenever you suspend a card like normally, so say you have an Aeon Chronicler and you suspend that normally not using this commander's ability, mm -hmm. uh, you will still get those time counters removed whenever you do activate that ability. Yeah, yeah. So Aeon Chronicler draws you a card every time a time counter is removed from it. So this may be one that you either suspend from your hand or you use your commander to suspend, which seems a little better. And then with all these other cards, you're drawing, 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 drawing cards. Yay! <laughs> um, suspend, though, I think in general is a pretty weak uh mechanic and commander yeah upkeeps do not happen very often uh because it's one for every four turns instead of one per turn so a card like reality strobe which is you can spend it for three time counters for two in the blue uh or you can pay four blue blue to play it to return a permanent to its owner's hand and then you resuspend it so paying six for this sucks yeah don't do that paying three and waiting three turns also sucks but if you have stuff like this commander, as well as some other synergies to like remove those time counters, you could bounce something, yeah. get it suspended immediately again, and then start removing those time counters again. And then maybe during your next upkeep, it already removes the last counter. You can cast it again. So yeah. there's some synergy there. Some synergy. But here's the thing. If you suspend Reality Strobe with Alondo's tap ability, it puts six time counters on it, as opposed to paying three to put three time counters on it. Yes. So there are a lot of downsides with what Alondo's doing. There are, however, a bunch of other suspend cards that we've seen a lot of. Ancestral Vision is sort of the big one that's played in Legacy formats um i've never seen soul talisman played in a single game of commander have you uh, yes i played it and it was bad and so i took it out immediately <laughs> yeah suspend but here's the thing this card actually i believe because the mana value is zero will instantly come into play correct? uh no no so, <laughs> never mind that's that's the dumb part about these zero mana cards is that 
you'll suspend them and they will be in exile with zero time counters on them. So it'll never come back. It'll never come back because it cares about the last time counter being removed. Oh my gosh, yeah, it says when the last is removed, cast exactly. without paying its mana cost. So that's what suspend or uh, this commander cares about. It cares about that last counter being removed, not necessarily whether it has no counters on it. So both Ancestral Vision and Soul Talisman are not good things to exile from your hand when you use Elando then. Yes, don't do that. Wow, so I Bad didn't idea. even realize that. That is a yeah. big... They're, they are probably still cards that you want to include because of the suspend synergy. You're yeah. already in that as it is, but please do not suspend an Ancestral Vision and expect it to work with this commander. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be playing all the other remove suspend counters cards, but you do not want to suspend those cards with the commander because it'll just stay stuck at zero. Yeah, but notably, you don't necessarily want to use cards like Clock Spinning a ton because they don't work with Aluundo. Ah. Uh, because... Alundo does not suspend cards. It only exiles them, puts time counters on it. It's not actually suspend. It is something to keep in mind. Yeah. They will not work with Alundo's ability. Well, thanks for telling me. You're welcome. Uh, obviously, I think the thing that really breaks this deck open is the ability to untap Alundo a bunch. Yeah. And then each turn rotation, you can use him four times. And hooray, maybe you've cast one card at the end of it. Uh, so Seedborn Muse and Dramatic Reversal. Uh, now, if you play Dramatic Reversal, people will be asking, are you going to go infinite? Probably not. <laughs> But those, any a Thousand Year Elixir, we, these are like Josh Lee Kwai specials, right? Kiro's Follower, Free From a Real, are always to untap this card and play it over and over again. Yeah, and it's probably the best way to remove the suspend counters because there's not a lot of stuff that interacts with the suspend counters. It's like yeah. a couple of things from Time Spiral, and that's about it. I think the best part is that you get to draw a card every single time with Alondo, yes. and you are exiling one, you're basically looting, but you've, we've seen this effect very similarly on like Bag of Holding and all that, where you're exiling the cards that you're drawing with it. Mm -hmm. um, so just that card advantage alone seems pretty good. If you put in just the cards we mentioned here, you're going to have a pretty good engine to keep going. And then I think it's just depending, just sort of what do you want to suspend and how do you want to play the Alondo game? Yeah, I, I think the strategy can be good, but it is slow. Yeah. And given how fast Commander's gotten recently, like, I don't know if it'll keep up, but it's definitely interesting. It's I definitely like it. interesting. I think this card would be pretty good and limited. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Loot every turn and still cast the crap? Yeah, yes, yeah. I like that a lot. Well, how would you build Alondo? Would you go big big spells or like small value? Uh, I think middle of the road value the is road. exactly where you want because small spells like doesn't get you what you want yeah. as much. But if you have like those four and five mana things, then you feel good like untapping multiple times and powering those out. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Alondo. You were unfortunately a little... Not impressive. Oh. Moving on, though, we got a bunch more really interesting creatures. Why don't you read this next one, Murph? All right. Asterion the Decadent. It is a four white black legendary creature, vampire, elf, rogue. All three. All three. It's got death touch and lifelink. At the beginning of your end step, choose one. You can either have target opponent lose life equal to the uh, amount of life that they lost this turn, or you can have or you can gain life excuse me equal to the amount of life you gained this turn cool so this is a 4-4 death touch lifelink if you swing with it you're going to deal four damage and then at the beginning of your end step you can say uh feed and you're going to make murph lose four life equal to the amount of life they've lost this turn just uh, from you doing uh -huh. or you can be like i gain four life i'm going to gain that much life yeah so he's definitely decadent he's going both sides of it um all right so how do we break this open okay so probably the more powerful part to build around is the part that has an opponent lose life because yep. honestly if you're paying six mana for your commander you don't want to just gain double life yeah it's probably not the best thing to be doing however one shot in your opponents is a lot of fun and this commander can help you do that with things like quietus spike yeah blood tribute like these types of cards which are a ton of fun because they will make the opponent lose half their life so then once they've lost half their life then 
yeah, the commander will trigger, make them lose exactly Another how much half. life they lost, which is half their life. So as long as they're at an even life total, they just die. Yep. And if you hit them with your commander as well, that's going to be definitely going to do it because you're dealing that damage. Uh, so yeah, you have Quiet Despite, Blood Tribute, Scythe Claw. These oh, are yeah, always Scythe. to do it. It's so hard to do this in Commander. Uh, the <laughs> moment that you play an equipment, like <laughs> Scythe Claw or Quiet Despite, everyone goes, okay, now I am never letting you attack me again. Or a lot of deals get made. Blood Tribute, <laughs> Blood Tribute seems really good in this deck because it's got a kicker cost of tapping an untapped vampire you control, and maybe you're building Vampire Tribal to just get lots of life loss. Right? I mean, guess who is already a vampire? Ah, uh, your Commander. <laughs> He's also an elf and a rogue. And, and an elf and a rogue. That's yes. actual decadence. Um... <laughs> It but that's just, synergy right there. Yeah, that is synergy. The one-shot life loss, I think, is definitely where you want to be. Um, there's also, like, Warlock class that does the same thing, and Wound Reflection is probably what people are thinking of most. Yeah. It's basically another one of those, and so you probably want to double up on those types of effects. Yeah. I really like Temporal Extortion in yeah. this deck, because maybe they'll actually let you take the extra turn. Yeah, so Temporal Extortion, uh, not a card that shows up super commonly. It's uh, black, 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 so four black mana. Uh, when you cast it, any player may pay half their life, round it up. If a player does counter temporal extor extortion, but you take an extra turn after this one. Yeah, so it's a black... <laughs> black extra turn spell. Extra turn spell, yeah. You rarely see this. But if someone pays the extra life, you could just then go, okay, well, my commander's out, end step, you die. Yep. <laughs> so someone may not want to do that, or they have to hold up removal for your commander so that doesn't that trigger does not ever go on the stack before yep. they get but to the it. But the good thing about temporal extortion is you get an extra turn, which means you get an extra end step, which yeah. is exactly what... What your commander wants to be doing yeah 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 that's a great point so no matter what that next turn maybe you can play the quietest spike out of your hand you have a, a double way to kill someone yep uh this definitely seems like the kind of card that i would never play <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i'd play it either honestly it seems a little bit i think the lose half life uh plan makes the deck a little bit too mean and yeah. the life gain makes the deck a little bit too meh yeah it's like it's insane. a six mana legendary creature in black and white there's already other options for black white yeah. life gain now i could see this in a deck that plays it as a, one of its finishers yeah um you know i i think that's like really an important thing to think about which is you can have cards in there that you like a lot of these cards may fit better in the 99 even alondo might be better in the 99 of certain decks um because if you're going the life gain route you're playing like you know all the soul sisters you're playing the sanguine bond exquisite blood combo maybe you have Etherflux reservoir to yeah. another win con gray merchant of asphodel another great win con in this sort of deck it seems like i don't know it, it feels very on rails you're either trying to yeah. kill them one way or the other um and it doesn't for me personally why i wouldn't play this is it doesn't feel like it has much other roots to yeah. victory it doesn't have much overlap with its two abilities honestly yeah. the life gain and the dealing damage to opponents and it, it is pretty linear. It doesn't really bring anything new to the table, especially in the life gain yeah, strategy. Yeah, plenty of life gain decks. Um, so I think this you could maybe see this into an interesting deck that just, you know, even in an Edgar Markov deck, maybe this is your win con because you're swinging with, you know, 10 whatever tutus and you're doing a ton of damage and you play this on your second main. They go, oh, crap. Yep. You took over half my life this turn. It's game over. Yep. And it's a so, vampire, so it synergizes very well in decks like that. Yeah, yeah. So I could see that sort of being the, the, the case with Asterion. Uh, definitely a very decadent card. All right, next up, we got Baba La Saga. <laughs> Night Witch. This is a great name for a card. Um, definitely based on some uh, folktales, I believe. One black and a green, 3-3 three, three legendary creature, human warlock. Tap, sacrifice up to three permanents. 
If there were three or more card types among the sacrifice permanents, each opponent loses three life, you gain three life, and you draw three cards. That seems pretty neat. This is very neat. So this is a three mana commander, and it has a lot of value stacked on this. So the big question is, how do you get three card types amongst up to three permanents? Ideally, you're not sacrificing all three permanents to get three you're not doing a one land one creature one artifact you're looking instead for cards that do twice as much yeah that was the thing that i missed initially would read in the card that says that you sacrifice up to three permanents so you if you have one that fits all the categories mm-hmm. then you can just sacrifice that one uh i don't believe there's anything that fits <laughs> i don't all those categories so uh but there's a lot that fit two of those categories yeah so solemn simulacrum is the easiest one that comes to mind is a creature and an artifact uh so in this way you get to have two of those current permanents and not to mention you also draw a card from solemn there's lots of cards like that that are creature artifacts or in the thopter of paradise does the same thing they'll probably be playing things like that anyway in your commander deck yeah especially uh especially solemn um I, I still play Solemn. A lot of people don't anymore. Uh, Michaelson's Lattice, if you want to make everything an artifact, I don't know if this is the direction you want to go, but I could see a black-green, like, super artifact matters deck. I mean, that'd be cool, because if you had Michaelson's Lattice out and something that was an enchantment creature as well, boom, yeah. sacrifice that enchantment creature, and that's only one thing you have to sacrifice. That's right. You just need to add one subtype to it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, if you had Destiny Spinner, which is an enchantment creature, Corsair of Crew Fix. Jamie Wong favorite. <laughs> I don't know if you want to sacrifice these, because, I mean, Corsair especially, it's a very good card. Yeah. But there are a lot of enchantment creatures out there um nightmare shepherd's a great one because anytime that another non-token creature you control dies you may exile and you create a token that's a copy of that creature so you're getting rid of a creature but you're still getting a replacement for it each time which just seems kind of nice yeah you're sacrificing creatures and things anyway in this deck so yeah. that seems like a good include yeah um of course there's the which one truck helps us make these outlines he always includes some of his special ideas hey i picked most of these out thank oh, you, you did? very much okay all right all right well then tell me about <laughs> how got some of them <laughs> tell me how we're getting weird then okay this is the subtype subtitle for this bitter blossom all right okay. hear me out one card it provides a creature right yep and it's a tribal enchantment now tribal is very weird because it's not a super type like snow or legendary right it is a type it's just a regular old type um you can see that in like the text of tarmogoyf where it says so, tribal is a type a type so that means that if you sacrifice bitter blossom you're actually getting two yes ah so you can play bitter blossom and then your commander is out let's say the next turn you make that fairy you sacrifice bitter blossom and the fairy i don't think you should do this but you'll get all three permanent types just like that you draw three cards and, why yeah. would you not want to do that and everyone loses three, three life and you gain three life there you go. Yeah, you get your life back from the Bitter Blossom anyway. Okay. I, I just like cards like these because they do what your deck wants to be doing anyway, which is making bodies that you're probably going to want to sacrifice because yeah. this seems like it's a sacrifice deck. Yeah, I'd say in the worst case scenario, it's like, crap, I need to do this. I'll sack the Bitter Blossom as well. Exactly. It wasn't doing enough for me, but I've gotten the creatures out of it and I've got everything I need. Yeah. You got stuff like Dryad Arbor, which is a land creature. Yep. Because land's a type, creature's a type. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, I really like this next one, Urza's Saga. Yeah because it is going to sacrifice itself and you can actually sacrifice it before then it also makes you an artifact creature with the constructs so it kind of really does everything here huh yeah yeah so what you can do is uh on chapter three for urza saga you can put the ability on the stack uh-huh. and then sacrifice the urza saga in response to this commander's ability so you still get to tutor You'll still tutor day. and then urza saga got sacrificed to something else other than its regular old sacrifice yeah there you go i also like this with a lot of the uh the cards that have blitz on them oh yeah because they say this card gains the text when this permanent dies or 
yeah, you draw a card. Yeah, and it's going to get sacrificed anyway. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's another interesting way to look at this system. Maybe you have cards that are going to get sacked anyway. Uh, you're not sacking them to like a Viscerous here or whatever, but now you can get some extra value out of it. Um, okay, Whip of Erebos. This is another Let's Get Weird card. I like this one as well. This is a legendary enchantment artifact. You really don't see this very often. No, yeah, I think you literally only see it in the God's Weapons from the original Theros. And this is great in this deck because obviously you're throwing things to the graveyard, so you're going to want to be able to get them back. So the Whip does that already and provides you, in the case that you need it, Maybe you're even going to win with the, the, the activation of Babala Saga. You're willing to sack these things out of the way. Yep, that, that's the best deck building tip that I can give. Instead of being like, I'm going to go find every single thing that is a creature and an enchantment and throw it into the deck. Yeah. Find stuff that is already synergizing with your deck that also has multiple types. Yep, I like that a lot. Uh, and then because you're probably sacrificing a lot of lands, the artifact lands as well also count as artifact and lands, yep. you're going to probably play that package. It's the Crucible of Worlds, Ramming Up Excavator, Gitrog Monster, all ways for you to get your lands back from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yep. <laughs> and then you're really in for it, right? Because now you're drawing three cards, sacking a land. Maybe you're playing uh, cards that let you play more than one land. Mm -hmm. Your Dryad uh, of the Elysian Grove is another great enchantment creature. And you're going to play another land. You can play it out of your graveyard. So I could see this deck doing one of those great 20 minute turns uh especially if you get like an untapper in there too for babala saga oh my gosh yeah and it's only three mana so this card seems like a lot of value i like it a lot yeah i like it a lot too uh notably the card that does not cost four or six mana so far is our favorite and it still <laughs> says the thing where you get to draw cards on it we like drawing cards yep all right next up we got brain lord of darkness i'm not the only one that's going to do that uh this is esper one white blue and black for a five two legendary creature god this one's actually pretty interesting yeah as long as your life total is less than or equal to half your starting life total uh oh don't play Asterian. bane lord of darkness has indestructible so in commander it needs to be at 20 or less yep then bane gets indestructible Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, target opponent may have you draw a card. If they don't, you may put a creature card with equal or lesser toughness from your hand onto the battlefield. Bane has a toughness of two. So at first I was like, oh yeah, we're cheating in big crazy stuff. No, actually you are not unless you're able to increase the toughness. But let's get uh, sort of into the card here. So you could play this with obviously every sack outlet you can yes because you want you want to sacrifice things for value so you got your phyrexian ashnaz viscera seer and you want to do it on demand on demand yeah yes just like my favorite cable tv networks <laughs> <laughs> remember cable tv yeah cable t on <laughs> those were the days everyone's like on demand i can watch this whatever i want it's like yeah you can do that now as well with the internet remember when netflix they just shipped dvds to your house if you were alive or <laughs> if you had dvds shipped to your house from netflix please leave a comment below and let <laughs> know what dvd you got because i i love dvds man they had special features yeah. they had commentaries you don't, you don't get, get any, that anymore you don't get that i mean some of the streaming networks will allow you to like watch some behind the scenes and stuff yeah like the mandalorian stuff like that yeah but it's not the same okay we're getting off track jimmy okay so <laughs> back to cards all right low toughness tribal <laughs> is what a lot of people are sort of looking at because there are obviously ways to get the toughness up on your commander if you want to yes um but that requires to add in probably like six to eight other cards in your deck just to do that and and then you're building around that. And then when you draw only none of those cards and you have the high toughness in your hand, it's going to be tough. Yeah. So let's start with low toughness tribal. So some cards to get back. I really like Woe Strider. I love Woe Strider. This card is just, I think, one of the my 
I, this card's super high up in my book in general. It has so much value. Because yeah. so, if, if it gets milled or dies or anything, you can get it right back. Yep, you can if escape it's it. a body when it comes into play. Like, yep, it's really good. Basically, Viscera Seer's text as well, but it creates the body with it that you can sacrifice. Yep. Now, it does say sacrifice another creature. Viscera Seer can sacrifice itself, but why not play both? Yeah, they're both low both. toughness. They'll both get on the battlefield. Uh, Wilshire will make you a goat, and you can sack it. And then, if you ever do need to escape it later, you can. Um, lots of other cards here that are really good. Sakura Tribe Elder. If you could play it in this deck, you can't, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, Reassembling like Skeleton, though. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you could put this in, like, maybe you have a five-color, like, good stuff, small things deck, you could do it. But, oh, that's true. But I do like Fleshbag Marauder. Is oh, a great one. Marauder, yeah. Because if you're getting this in, and then you're getting, making everyone sacrifice again, and then you may be able to chain together some combos here. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's a lot to do. Now, when it comes to High Toughness Tribal, no, I don't think you want to do this. You could do it. It's not completely out of the question. The biggest issue, I think, with this commander is that it gives your opponents a choice. Yeah. And giving your opponents a choice is usually not that great uh, yeah. in commander. Well, mostly they're going to have you draw the card, right? If you if you all of a sudden stack a bunch of equipment on this thing, your and your half life total. So Bane is just like a you know like he's like a seven four or a nine six or something, and then you're like, all right, cool, I'm going to sacrifice a creature trigger. Well, let's see. Whenever another non token creature you control dies, a target opponent may have you draw a card. If they don't, you may put a creature card <laughs> equal or lesser toughness, lesser toughness than the creature that died, or lesser toughness than Bane. Oh, lesser toughness than the creature that died. Sorry. Than the creature that died. Yeah, yeah. So, but even then, if that's happening, people are probably be like, ah. Eh. I mean, you could do it. You could fill your deck with stuff like walls, walls on the low ends, stem the bleeding, and then be like, are you sure you want this to die? You sure you want this? <laughs> I would sacrifice? just have you draw the card. Yeah, that's the problem. If you build it like wall tribal with like some big demons or stuff yeah, on the top shards, end. shards, wall of junk, all these, these weird walls. Yeah. yeah, if you build it like that, then people will just have you draw the card. And if you play it with the low toughness thing, people will just have you get the creature back or uh, excuse me, put a creature back into play. Yeah, yeah. So I think with Bane, like, you can obviously play this. I think I would rather play it with Aristocrats-type stuff. Yeah, probably. Because what Aristocrats cares about is it just cares about bodies. Yeah. And so that way, instead of, well, the body goes away, well, now I get another body on the board immediately. Yeah, and you're going to get some people draining. You're, you're already sacrificing things anyway. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I don't think I would want to go the full Bane plus Weird Walls route because then, again, people just have you draw the card. Not the worst thing in the world, but you are still losing a creature to do so, and then you're losing that toughness so that maybe the card that you wanted to put out with it, oh, crap, I can't, you know, even though I have this weird 0-8 that just died. That's my only 0-8. Yeah. So now I'm stuck with all these cards in my Yeah, head. if you got, like, a big 7-mana demon in your hand, and you're like, I really want to cheat this up, but they're like, no, you draw the card. Yeah, so I think... Then what do you do? I think, yeah, sorry, I misspoke about Bane being really big. Um, <laughs> Bane's toughness can stay low, uh, but I think you want to be just doing Will Strider, Fleshback Marauder type stuff and just going nuts. Yeah, I, I don't love this card, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for telling me. You're welcome. Uh, you could also, I like this other direction, which is like you could play Athreos God of Passage and ding, do ding, ding. a lot of sacrificing and make, and now it's like, crap, do I have you draw a card or put a creature out? Or pay three life to get the card back in your hand, and now you're really starting to get them low. Yeah, the cool thing about something like Athreos is you can stack the triggers, and so you can be like, great, I'm going to have Athreos resolve first. Yep. Can I get this back to my hand? If they say yes, you can be like, great, it has the exact same amount of toughness because yep. uh, Bane cares about uh, less than or equal to. 
So you can have the exact same creature get bounced back to your hand over and then and over and over again. And then, yeah, you put that back into play. But again, people can just stop that loop by saying, now you draw a card. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Giving choices, again, as we've seen in Commander, not always the best. All right. Next up, we got Ball Lord of Mur Murder. 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 So this is two, a black, red, and a green for a legendary creature, God. It's a 4 4. As long as your life total is less than or equal to half your life total, Ball has Indestructible. So very similar to Bane's text. Mm -hmm. uh, but the second one is a line of text is whenever another non-token creature you control dies, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature and goad it. Okay, so we're going to have a very similar conversation that we just had to Bane. So you want non-tokens to die, and then you're going to put plus one plus one counters on other creatures, and then you're going to goad it. So not great. If you're doing this to yourself, because then your creatures have to attack. Yeah, probably not what you want to be doing. But also not great if you're doing it to someone else's creature because you're making it bigger. But it doesn't attack you, Yeah. but it only happens for that one turn. So the next time it comes around, if you don't goad it again, it's going to come swinging at you. So instant speed goad, you want to control it. Same same package. Phyrexian Altar, Ashnod's Altar, Viscera Seer. Slack outlets, because you want to be able to goad at instant speed. So if they play something very very scary, give it haste, or it has haste something, you'd be like, all right, fine. I'll sacrifice my something, or rather goad that. It can't one-shot me. Yeah, it's great if someone drops a Kozilek or any sort of like crazy creature out early. <laughs> you can have Ball basically stop them in their tracks. Um, now this is where you want to play Sakura Tribeller. I misspoke earlier. So yes. this is a creature that wants to die. When it dies, you can put a plus and plus and counter on something and goad it. Reassembling Skeletons, same thing. You can do this over and over and over again. Uh, there's a lot of creatures in Jund that will just have tons of value that when they come in, you've got the value, you can just get rid of them. Um, and you also have cards like Caustic Caterpillar that you can use to kill something and then that's going to trigger Ball. So, and again, Flashback Marauder, more things. It, I feel like we're talking about the same card all of a sudden. Yeah, it feels like <laughs> these are the same types of cards. Fleshback, well, they, I kind of like gods. So yeah, Fleshback, I kind of like because it not only uh, sacrifices itself, but also clears the board. So it yeah. clears way the way for whatever big thing you're trying to goad. Yeah. yeah. So it will help like clear the board, and so then the thing that you're trying to goad will actually get some damage through on your opponents instead of trying to like wait and maybe have a couple creatures ram into each other it's way more fun to you know have players life totals go down yeah to see some creatures just get removed yeah it's interesting you could probably i mean how many creatures would you say on average you get out in the game it, like let's just take a random average shot in like it's turn six how many creatures are on your board in in a typical murph game uh like three yeah probably i would like say about three. like three to five and if you play flesh bag and then you sack you get rid of one of those creatures and then you go to another one that's almost removing someone's entire board for that turn um, not to mention it will leave them open for attacks from other people so that's very true i think go at instant speed is much better than like you're just i'm going to play this card and go to everything once yeah so you do have a little more flexibility there um, and then the entire like make everyone else attack theme has been around for quite a bit. Thantis the Warweaver does it. Carter Doomscourge is just such a pain in the butt card every time I, get, I play oh I play against it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fun card. You'll have a fun time <laughs> not being able to keep creatures around. <laughs> yeah, but you've got Karazakar, the Eye Tyrant that also does it. Geode Ranger. This is a bit slower because it's a six mana on landfall, yeah, but good. very powerful. But very very powerful. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I do like is something like uh, Toski because ah. it has to attack each turn anyway. Oh, okay. So. so you can start stacking things on top of your Toski, and people will definitely not want to block it then. And you are removing blockers by goading other things as well, which means your Toski is a lot more likely to get through. Yeah, and Toski is indestructible, so it's going to be like a 5-5 at a certain point swinging yeah. in. People 
don't want to block it and you're just going to draw a card so i actually like that quite a bit so maybe maybe you want to go that route just a little bit more yeah stuff that has to attack anyway has to attack or you're forcing everyone to tap down you're, you're right you're controlling every combat so you don't mind attacking as well because you know you're not going to get hit back yep um okay moving on thanks ball lord of murder ball. More, more like lord of sacrifice though to be honest <laughs> very true okay we got kadira caller of the small want to read it murph sure it's a one green white legendary creature orc ranger it's got trample and when it deals combat damage to a player for each token you control make a one one white rabbit creature token it's oh a, three. a white rat we haven't seen rabbits before have we i don't think yeah so. i don't think so i would have. yeah i don't think so i was born in 87 i'm year of the rabbit so <laughs> i like so you would know i would know yeah yeah i wasn't born year of the squirrel you know <laughs> so yeah kadira is definitely the caller of the small so it's interesting because it's whenever kadira deals combat damage to a player for each token you control yes so this kind of feels like a doubling season type effect um, because you're basically 2xing whatever tokens you have on the battlefield yeah kadira can definitely be powerful uh but does have a two-step process of you got to deal combat damage first yeah and you also already have to have tokens out on the battlefield which is not that tall of an order especially for a three mana commander yeah especially in green white as well um so kadira obviously is three three with trample it's going to be able to do some combat damage early on but really this gets powerful later on when you're able to use your wrist the redeemed or avenger of zendikar or yeah. scoot swarm to make you know 50 tokens or whatever but yes, at that point scoot swarm also needs rabbits added to the mix i was gonna say That's at, what we need <laughs> at that point you're already kind of winning though right yeah so kadira is in this interesting spot where it seems great for maybe a one-on-one hyper aggro get tokens out make a bunch quickly but doesn't seem amazing for a multiplayer game when at a certain point kadira will never be able to get through yeah i I think she lives in a very particular place where she thrives with token doublers yeah because you're making that initial token doubling that ideally and then she is looking at how many tokens you have and then doubling that again right right so then your board just gets very massive very quickly as long as you have your commander a token doubler and something that makes tokens which is not a tall order yeah so i do think though kadira is probably better in the 99 probably a reese deck uh in the 99 of any green white tokens deck um because if you get this out early and you just you know it's kind of acting similarly to some of the best cards in the deck like parallel lives anointed procession yeah second harvest um so i think Kadira is really interesting as not necessarily the commander. Yeah, I think the another interesting tidbit is that it doesn't say creature token. Oh, that's token. right. For each token you control. So that includes... Treasures, clues, food, any type of token that you can possibly get your hands on. You'll make a white rabbit for that. Okay, yeah. And of course, obviously, Parallel Lives and stuff cares about just tokens as well. Same with yeah. Anointed Processions. So Smothering Tide seems nuts in this deck. Oh, it's so good. I mean, it's already a very good card. Yeah. But let's say you have 10 treasures. You hit someone with Kadira, you get 10 rabbits rabbits that's instant board state instant, instant board, board state, state yeah. and then all i gotta do is cast something that makes them big win profit win profit done win wow <laughs> this Token is how X. you play commander folks. i've never seen that before <laughs> in this game true conviction or concerted effort both seem like ways to get your tokens in and doing a lot of damage you can give them double strike and lifelink with true conviction or you can give them all flying and then if you combine concerted effort with true conviction, then everything just gets nuts powerful. But And you just win the game. Yeah, you, you should just win the game. And cast a Chromos Will too while you're at it. And maybe a Crater Hope Behemoth. Okay. 
play a crater hoof win game <laughs> yeah so i also think you know if you are going to go full on kadira as your commander you want to get that damage in so maybe this is more voltrani yeah. in that you can use fire shrieker blood forge battle axe I, I like stuff like fire shrieker because it gives kadira double strike and so you get that combat damage trigger twice oh that's so right. if you have a couple tokens out in the battlefield well yeah. now you're getting another three tokens and then another three tokens okay and yeah. something like blood forge battle axe is also cool because it makes token copies of itself and then those tokens count towards kadira's thing. exactly so you're taking the blood forge battle axe put it on kadira and then start attacking with her and then it's making the tokens so it, it makes her bigger so she's more likely to get through and it's and also then, making more tokens yeah so you can stack the triggers make the token and then kadira counts the tokens yeah exactly i think you definitely want to play if you have them the sword ofs in this deck because giving kadira protection means you probably almost always will have a player to swing against yeah that's kind of a given yeah. play sword of feast and famine in your commander deck hot yeah tech. hot from tech. the command zone what's your second favorite sword <laughs> second favorite sword um just generically, I think Fire and Ice. I think so, too. Yeah. I've been a little disappointed with the two swords that have been printed recently, Hearth and Home, and then... Hearth uh, and Home is good. I like Hearth and Home. I have. I think it's just too slow. Hmm. And and green-white, as, as powerful as that is, a lot of times you will not be able to swing against someone with it because they'll have something that can block it. Yeah, I do think Sword of the Animus is better than Sword of Hearth and Home because it's on yes. attack, not on combat damage, which is a critical thing that I missed when I first saw Sword of Hearth and Home. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. this is just better in almost every way it only yeah. costs one more mana to play sword and hearth and home is for all of the uh flicker addicts like me out there that goes oh my gosh i can do it now and oh my gosh yeah that's flicker a sword that does it wow yeah <laughs> it's a little too slow all right so that is the first half of the part one of the commander legends baller's gate multicolored commander review we've got <laughs> more crazy creatures on the way but stick around because first we must hear from our mid-roll sponsors Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we are back talking about the multicolored cards, creatures specifically, legendary creatures specifically, specifically from Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> what a mouthful. <laughs> it is a mouthful. All right, next up, we got Commander Liara Porter. Well, they just put Commander in the name. Oh, wow. They don't even so this care. one has to be a Commander. If this it, is in your 99, it's a flavor fail. It is you a can't do it. massive flavor fail, yeah. <laughs> three red and a white for a 5-3 human soldier. Whenever you attack, spells you cast from exile this turn cost X less to cast, where X is the number of cards being attacked. No, sorry. Where X is the number of players being attacked. Exile the top X cards of your library until end of turn you may cast spells from among those exiled cards. Goodness gracious. That's so much text. Yeah. So and this, it does a thing, I guess, probably, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does a thing. And okay, so it's on attack. Yes. And if you attack three players, that's yes. going to be equal to X is equal to three. So your spells you cast from exile cost three less to cast. And then you also exile the top three cards from your library. And until end of turn, you can play spe cast spells from among those exiled cards. So it kind of does everything in one package. Hooray. Can red and white play a lot of spells from exile, Murph? Uh, yeah, yeah, it can. Red, specifically, does yes. that quite a bit. Um, 
yeah, so again, this is one of those commanders that is also a two-step process, which honestly, I like more than one-step processes. Yeah, and it <laughs> says whenever you attack non-combat damage, so you're going yes. to get that trigger. And also, no what. notably, Liara Portier does not need to be the one attacking. This is yes. similar. We've seen this on like Adolin, Resplendent, Cathar. All these newer cards just say when you attack, which I think is a much better design for commander. Yeah, so really what you want to do is have creatures, which in a borrow stack is not that tall of an order. And then you also need stuff that synergizes with exiling cards from the top of your deck yep and you want to ideally attack more than one player each combat so that you get x to the maximum amount and you get the massive mass maximum amount of spell reduction cost as well yeah so there's stuff like bell borka or lelia the blade reforge yeah lelia is really good that was really deck. cool because yeah. you're going to be playing ideally lots of things from the top of your deck anyway or just from exile in general yeah impulsive draw on bell borka at your upkeep and it says you may play that card this turn so you're going to get a land from that yeah. or you can wait until you attack and then that card you're, you're playing is going to cast even less mm -hmm. um similarly you have march of reckless joy That's and reckless one. impulse are both very good and they do the same thing yeah so there's lots of cards in reds you can look at any prosper deck and see what type of stuff that you have that in can red. exile from the top of your deck and then play it until the end of your turn end of your next turn end of whenever there's plenty of cards that do that <laughs> end in of Magic the game these days play this until the end of the game there's some stuff that does that yeah and then if you want to get attacking on everyone then that's when you're gonna play adeline you're gonna play hero blade hold blade of selves yeah i, I so. like stuff like hero of blade holds or blade of selves because it will get yeah uh the those attack triggers in uh because with blade of selves it's a little bit wonky yeah so it's so myriad right whenever yes. it, whenever a equipped creature attacks each opponent other than defending player for each opponent other than defending player you may create a token that's a copy of that creature that's tapped in attacking yeah that player or a planeswalker they control so that will trigger commander liara porter's ability because it just says whenever you attack yeah and then count everything yeah so it's okay well i'm gonna attack myriad trigger get all those tokens i did attack how many things do I have attacking different players? Three. Yep. Yep. So a lot of times that is a very sort of tricky scenario and you won't actually get the full thing because they enter the battlefield tapped and attacking and that doesn't count towards other triggers. But in terms of Leara Porter, it does. Hooray. Hooray. Uh, also noted that this is fantastic in the 99 of Ishin Two Heavens as one. Yes. But now you get double the triggers. <laughs> yeah. That's the pretty reduce good. of mana. The reduction of mana is going to be a lot. And uh, she's exiling stuff anyway. Yeah. So you're getting like, what, six things to exile? And yeah. Ishin, you're already probably spreading the damage anyway. So Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. But then you're missing out on the cool flavor of having her be your commander when she's called Commander, commander Liara, Liara Porter. Porter. Yeah. So I might have to leave the table if you're playing Ashin and then you play Commander Liara Porter. I'll go like, <laughs> Sorry. This is unacceptable. Sorry, can't do that. Yeah. I'm going to go find that. another pod. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really bummer. I would never do that. All right. Let's read the next one. It's another Boros card. Ooh. It's not a commander, though. Duke Older Raven Guard. Four red whites. It's a Duke. It's a Duke. Legendary creature. Human noble soldier. They put lots of creature types on cards these days. Indeed. And I don't think... Does anyone, anything ever care about nobles? Uh, we should do so. noble tribal now. Noble tribal. We're going to build noble tribal now. <laughs> How about no? <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning of combat on your turn, another target creature you control gains haste and myriad until end of turn. All right. Play Duke Older... Huh. In Commander Liara, they they <laughs> do look like they belong on the same battlefield. They probably have flavor connection. So yeah, at the beginning of combat on your turn, another creature gains haste and myriad. So yeah. haste is great. Um, myriad is also very good. We play Blade of Selves just because it gives a creature myriad. Yes. 
so. and we play stuff like lightning greaves just because it gives haste so you put those together put that in your command zone it does cost six mana yeah. but that is a very powerful effect yeah it's six mana however so not great uh notably separate instances of myriad will stack so if you equip a creature with Blade of Selves and you give it Myriad, that ha- it has two instances of Myriad. So it's going to create twice the number of copies. <laughs> that's so nutty. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty nutty. Uh, you're going to make a lot of creatures. I like that you get to create multiple creatures that if you can sacrifice them, yes. then you're going to be very happy. Or if they're legendary, then they instantly sacrifice themselves. Correct. So you're going to get those triggers. So obviously the new dragon cycle, Atsushi, the Blazing Sky, as well as Ao, the Dawn Sky, are both both from uh, Neon Dynasty, and yeah. they both have really great dies triggers. Yeah, because with uh, legendary creatures, you can only have one of them on the battlefield of any particular type. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it says, okay, I make two additional AOs, and then you say, oh, well, these two token copies, they have to die. Sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> so um, then they die. You get the death triggers on both of those, and you can still keep the original one to once again attack next turn. Yeah, if you have, like, Yose, the original uh this would be great. You make two players skip their untap step. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> That's a little mean. Pretty mean. If you have zealous conscripts, you're stealing two permanents. I think this would be a really good deck for this sort of like threat and effect sack because if you are playing cards that, you know, because they're exiled and they have death triggers, you're going to want sack outlets as well. Yeah. Um, Sun Titan. Sun Titan. Get two cards back and then get the whole cycle going again. Yep. Pretty good. Um, Mind Claw Shaman is a very interesting card. It makes... I like Mind Claw Shaman. I just want it to work. God yeah, dang it. so it's a <laughs> it's four and a red 2-2 two, two. when it enters the battlefield and the opponent reveals their hand and you can cast an instant or sorcery from that player's hand without paying his mana cost. Pretty good card, I think, but if you're able to get multiple copies with Myriad and yeah. you give it haste, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, because no matter what, as long as you attack with it, Myriad says however many opponents there are, make sure that there's one attacking each opponent. So that means that even if you're in a six-player pod for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> some godforsaken reason, yeah. You get to look at everybody's hand and cast an instant or sorcery from everybody's hand, which is a ton of fun. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. Even if you miss on half the players, you're still going to get a bunch of value out of it. Um, Dockside Extortionist, obviously, uh, is the Myriad King, I suppose. Jimmy, we did it. We broke Dockside. Oh my gosh. Finally, Finally. paired with a six mana commander in red white, Dockside Extortionist shines the brightest. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could also just go multiple combats to get multiple instances of everything and just really go for the beat them down face, beat face, beat them, whatever, however you want to say it. So you got aggravated assault. Combat celebrant, pretty cool. You can, you know, obviously, I don't know if you can exert it as it attacks. No, you no. can't. No, no. Because it's already you're, tapped an attack. Yeah, but you will get. No, sorry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry it about it. It doesn't work the way you want it to, but it is a creature in a Boros deck. It's useful, I promise. <laughs> yeah, it's useful, I promise. Uh, same with like Relentless Assault. But again, these are all just good ways to get more combats, more triggers, yes. more instances of Haste Myriad, and just go off. Just go nuts. Yeah. Just it, go It does seem like nuts. a fun commander. Of yeah. all the Boros commanders that care about combat, that seems like near the top of the fun list. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, can you use Sundial of the Infinite to keep the copies? Yes, Myriad? you can. Yes, you can. However, <laughs> it's exiled at the end of combat, so yes. you will not get your second main phase. you got to sort of end your turn pretty early in that case. Yeah, you got to make sure that everything you want to do is on done on first main phase, beginning or end of combat starts, trigger goes on the stack, end the turn with Sundial of the Infinite. Profit, you get to keep everything. Wait, there's a second main phase, Merv? There's a second main phase. I never play spells in my... I play everything first main phase. No. No. (laughs) No. That's the fun thing about watching game nights is that I see pros versus like you and Josh will always (laughs) do combat last. And pros are like, I'm going to go to combat at the very beginning of everything. Yeah. Let's go to combat. Let's go to combat. All right. Moving on. Let's read this next one. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Go for it, Merv. All right. 
uh, I don't know how to say this. Dine, Dina Air. Dina Hair. Invo- Dina Hair. Invoker Adept. One, blue, red, white. Legendary creature, human wizard. Haste. You may activate abilities of other creatures you control as though those creatures had haste. Hey. And you can tap uh, whenever you next activate an ability this turn by spending four or more mana to activate it. Copy that ability. You may choose new targets for the copy. Okay. So this has the thousand year elixir text yes. as the top, which is you may activate abilities of creatures you control as though those creatures had haste. Yes. Uh, this is a Jeskai deck, interestingly. And then you want to activate abilities that have four or more mana cost to activate it because then you get to do it twice. Yes. So, so Tim deck question mark question mark Tim Jeskai deck Josh. Let us know wherever you are. He out likes there. green too much. He wants the green untap way too much. Yeah, like, he, he won't get rid of it. Man, you can't get. Yeah, you got to get Kira's follower in there. He wants uh, to play Kira's follower and Seedborn Muse. He, he's not going to go for it. I promise. However, a chromatic orrery Josh Lee Quiet's <laughs> least favorite card. Post I think it's Malone's his favorite, favorite card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's his definitely his favorite card, and Post Malone loves it as well. Um, if you pay five mana for Chromatic Orrier, you get to draw a card for each color among permanents you own. So that's at least six cards with your commander out. You get to do it twice. That's that's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, Lethal Form Engine, though, seems like the kind of card I want to play in this deck. Because, exactly. So you pay this for four and it has other abilities, but the four mana one is you pay four, tap it, copy target permanent spell you control, and the copy becomes a token. Yeah. So you get to create two copies of another spell. This is obviously extremely mana intensive. But it seems like you'd have a really big turn if you did it. But also, who cares? This is Commander. <laughs> we can do whatever. We live in magical Christmas land. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, so there's lots of cards that have an over four activation cost. Uh, Cascading Cataracts, you're going to gain mana positive, uh, finally, because you technically are down the mana if you use this otherwise. Yep. Planar Bridge, if you ever activate this... You get two things now? Yeah, you get two sure. things. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, great. Uh, Chaos Wand is another one. Uh, there's also... That, what's that other Chaos Wand that came in uh, that's in this set? Editors, check. If it's not there, imagine I never said it. <laughs> uh, I think this starts get in, getting interesting when you start using cards like uh, Grim Monolith. Yeah. Because you can pay for it to untap Grim Monolith, but you get to double that ability. So you technically pay for it, get it twice. You untap Grim Monolith, you can tap it in response and then untap it. So you actually get extra mana as a result. And Pretty you're cool. playing Grim Monolith probably anyway, because that happens a lot in Commander. <laughs> if you have a Grim Monolith. If you have a Grim Monolith, you're probably playing it. But it works really well with this Commander, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you glossed by this card. Yeah, I maybe didn't. Well, here's the thing. I'm not sitting next to Josh Lee Quam, I'm sitting next to Josh Murphy, so I can't Hello. say it. Play Mind Slaver in There you deck. go. Mind Slaver, Woo! baby. <laughs> Double it up. Now, instead of just doing it to one one time to one player, you get to do it twice. That's pretty good. Twice to the same player. Yeah, I don't know if you want to do the same player. <laughs> no, you want player. to do two different players, and that will set you up for success. Yeah, because you can just go turn, turn, and then you only there's only one turn in between you and having another turn yeah, yourself. Yeah, assuming you're in a four-player game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so those are the obvious sort of like big crazy four mana ones but you can also just use abilities that have x in them yeah and pay that x is equal to four or more so that's that's fun yeah because now you get to choose you can actually pay less than x you know earlier if you need to use the card earlier yeah that's one of the problems with the second ability on this commander because four mana and tap is kind of a lot yeah in order to activate it uh but by having X in the cost of these activated abilities, again, like you said, you can do it early, and then later on, you could pump even more than four into X. And uh, yeah, you can doesn't, finally doesn't matter. You can still copy it. Finally, you can find a place to play Heroes Podium. Heroes Podium, one of the most unplayed card. I've never seen this card played, but <laughs> I haven't either. I have like five of these because I started playing like oh during right, Theros. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I started playing like Dragon's Maze, but I was like, Born of the Gods pre-release this is going to be the best set ever. <laughs> My first was pre-release not. was Journey into Nyx. 
so oh, right around the same time yeah yeah so here's probably a five mana card each legendary creature you control gets plus one plus one for each other legendary creature you control but you can play x and tap to look at the top x cards of your library you may reveal a legendary creature card from among them and put it into your hand so you get to do that twice now keep in mind you do still have to be in like a particular deck to take advantage of yeah. this probably no well, almost certainly <laughs> almost certainly yeah but you could also do like prototype portal and soul foundry these are ones that imprint and then you can pay x to exile those cards so you just need to have a four mana card exiled with that candelabra of tanos that seems really, really good, good. <laughs> pay x untap x uh, uh target lands so you could pay x is equal to four and you get to untap eight lands so you can float all that mana Seems pretty good. Or you could do more. You could do more. You yeah, you can go, right. You can go eight. You can go 10. And the nice thing about uh, the commander is that it does not cost any man to activate Dynair's ability. You can yes. just tap Dynair to do it. Yeah. Honestly, though, even though there's all these cool activated abilities that cost four or more, you could still totally just build around the fact that it gives your tappers haste. Oh, yeah. And it'll be just fine. Yep. It'll actually be pretty darn good yeah yeah there's lots of tappers in these colors um and now if you want to just keep untapping stuff then you've got your drag reversal combos as always monomo school at water's edge seems like the best land you could put in this deck that's a fun one you can play pay blue tap it untap target legendary permanent yep so that concludes your commander uh the old vizier of tumbling sands yada 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 these are all josh lee quite cards yeah pemmin's aura yep. blah 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 blah, 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 blah. <laughs> tap untap tap untap untap watch me go off haha and maybe win draw cards <laughs> draw cards do all the good stuff yes uh i think this is interesting this is the kind of card that i like because over time it can get better and better as more yeah. cards are printed so it's one that you could maybe just sort of have in the back pocket to think about if you're looking to build a jeskai deck you know and you you can just sort of keep an eye out for cards that have the ability to tap for four uh, to use the activation cost for four, and then maybe this will get better over time. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Elminster. Elminster. I like this card a lot. I might build Elminster. Do Finally, it. Do because it. Blue White does not have good decks. Remember sure. the last time you built a Blue White deck? Yeah. On Game Nights, and you won on like turn six? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. And then Josh Lequite also discarded a Mana Crypt that game, if you remember. Right? I don't remember that. <laughs> Wasn't it the Blue White, uh, the counter spells that cost zero mana or more? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I played that was. one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. he discarded a Mana Crypt because he couldn't play it. And people were like, what are you doing? It's like, no, read the commander. <laughs> All right. Elminster is three blue and a white for a five loyalty planeswalker. And it says Elminster can be your commander. Hooray! Woo! Whenever you scry, the next instant or sorcery spell you cast this turn costs X less to cast, where X is the number of cards looked at while scrying this way. Ooh. What a weird line of text. <laughs> anyway, scry X, next instant or sorcery costs X less, where X is the scry amount. His plus two is draw a card, then scry two. So you can play Elminster, scry two immediately, and then your instant or sorceries cost two less. The minus three, which you can also do when Elminster comes out, is exile the top card of your library, create a number of 1-1 one, one blue fairy dragon creature tokens with flying equal to that card's mana value. Very nice. So if you're scrying, you can know what's on top of your deck. And then if you exile that card, you can make a bunch of 1-1s. One, also, Elminster can be your commander. Very important. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned that already. Oh, cool. Okay. All right. So scry and draw. Let's talk about our favorite scry cards. <laughs> By the way... <laughs> The reason that this deck is great is because these cards, if you put it in your deck and you play it at any point in the game, you will almost never be like, oh, shucks, I have to do this now. Yeah, I have a preordain. Darn it. Darn it, scry two, then draw a card. Didn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, you do want to do that. <laughs> and also, you don't care if Elminster is out. You're happy to do this on turn one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the way to the end of the game. Gets you what you want, smooths out your draws. Uh, and if Elminster itself. is out, bonus benefit. Hooray. Exactly. Yeah, Serum Visions is the opposite draw card than scry two, which is Still what great. Elminster says. Yeah, deliberate, scry two, then draw a card. 
for C. Scry four, then draw two cards. Yeah. And then you have a four mana reduction. <laughs> you can play so Aura's Epiphany for blue, blue. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. That's why this deck is going to be kind of a meanie because you could just jam in all those crazy, crazy spells. Yeah. Um, Tamio's Epiphany is very similar. Uh, Ugin's Insight is really good. Scry X for X is the highest converted mana cost amongst permanent you control, then draw three cards. So you're going to be scrying five as long five. as you have Elminster up. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> um, do you play Treasure Map in this deck? Probably. Yeah. I, I think anything that you can get your hands on that scries you, if it's scry one, as long as there's an instance or something that you want to be playing, it yeah. will basically pay for itself. Yeah, I mean, treasure map is really good too because you're in blue white, so you don't really have a lot of ramp. Yeah. Uh, so this is pretty good. That's there. true. It is ramp on the flip side. Yep. Temple of Enlightenment. Typically, these cards when they come in the battlefield, you scry one, but it's like, ah, oh, shucks, I can't tap that land. Like yeah. you just said, now it pays for itself. Yeah. As long as you're trying to cast an instant or sorcery. Yeah. Um, Fairy Seer. It's a blue mana, one blue for a one one that when it's the battlefield, you scry two. Yeah, scry two. Pretty good. Mystic Speculation might be the best card in the deck, though. It's a blue uh, buyback two, and you scry three. So you can pay the buyback cost by scrying if elminster's out you play serum visions now you can mix speculation buy back to for just the blue mana right yes wow yeah it's pretty good and then you can you buy back it so you can do it again yeah i'm all about that which is um, pretty darn good <laughs> i've been looking to build an elegeth crossroads auger deck so this is a four blue blue five six legendary creature with partner but it says if you would scry a number of cards draw that many cards instead yeah i think elminster is probably a little bit more interesting commander Certainly. And also, Elgeth yeah, Elegath, you're just drawing those cards. You're not reducing mana costs. And that's why Elminster is powerful. Because if you have Elgath out, it actually non-bows with Elminster. Yes. Because uh, you will no longer be scrying, looking at cards this way. You're actually just drawing them instead. But also, you have so much scry synergy in the deck as it is. Yep. Who cares? You're just drawing a lot of cards. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, there's a new interesting enchantment called Nethery's Puzzle Ward. Yeah, this is from Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. <laughs> I think so. Or it's from this set, but it may be AFR. Uh, so it's three in the blue for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, roll a d4, and then you scry X where X is the result. Which is pretty good. And then whenever you roll a die's highest natural result, draw a card. <laughs> so that's a 25% chance to draw a card. And if Elminster's out, your instance and sorceries cost four less. This is very exciting. <laughs> I am now going to play... Now, let's talk about all the cards you can now play for very cheap if you're able to scratch some stuff together. Yes. Go for it, Murph. All right. So, what, of these cards, which would you play? Would be the number one add to your deck? Um, I like Treasure Cruise a lot because it's eight mana. You can reduce it a lot, and you're still drawing the three cards. But yeah, you can play the scry cards, delve them away, and get the mana reduction. And it's also very good because you can leave it on top of your deck with Elminster's minus ability mm. and get eight 1-1 one, one flyers. Yeah, that's the pretty con, good. Right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what you want to be doing. Yeah, so you want to cast a dig through time, uh, or you want to scry stuff to the top, or you exile dig through time, make eight 1-1s. One, uh, temporal trespass, you can make 11 1-1s. One, yeah. Or you can cast this for like, I don't know, two blue 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 and take an extra turn five mana take an extra turn by the way is probably the best rate you're gonna get in commander still very good yeah very very good uh time stretch oh time stretch is so powerful i usually like the cards like these delve cards that just don't get stuck in your hand yeah because like with treasure cruise you'll probably still be able to cast it even if even if you pay like worst. four mana for it yeah you'll not, pay four mana for yeah, it and yeah. you'll be fine with yeah, it yeah, uh yeah. time stretch it doesn't have that possibility of being discounted but it's just such a powerful card like yeah you're still very happy playing that yeah, I like the fact that you can scry so much because it's really hard to to have a bad opening hand if you have a bunch of scry yeah. effects in your hand because you know that you're going to get to whatever you need to. You can probably even keep kind of sketchier hands depending on how many cards, what cards are in your hand. <laughs> Don't build this deck and use that as an excuse to Excuse you, Murph. That's exactly why I'm building this deck. 
but you can also play cards like Stormherd, so it's 10 mana, but you can make similarly, right? You either exile this with El Monster or you cast this and you just make a bunch of 1-1 one, one white Pegasus creature tokens. That's the same thing total. either way. It's fine. It's not the same thing. You can make 40 or 10. Okay, know? fine. Uh, <laughs> use Augury, Expropriate, right? Blue has a lot of very powerful spells with yes. a lot of mana in their mana cost. So, uh, I'm so it's it. up to you, Jimmy and audience. Figure out what type of cool stuff you want to put in the deck that you want to cheat out or reveal off the top of your deck. Next up is the best name in the whole set. You say it, Murph. <laughs> Glunch the Bestower. Glunch. Glunch. So, yeah. One, I had my glunch today. <laughs> you did have your glunch. Was it jellyfish? Disgusting. Jellyfish. Actually, jellyfish is really tasty <laughs> if you've ever had it. Remember Julian Smith? On yeah. Old YouTube. Old he had YouTube. a jellyfish song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the days. Those They still are the days. That, video, <laughs> that video's still there. Those videos are still there. <laughs> These are the days. Glunch the Bestower. One to green and white for a 0-5 jellyfish flying at the beginning of your end step. Choose a player. They put two plus one plus encounters on a creature they control. Choose a second player to draw a card. Choose a third player to create two treasure tokens. So... In the two-player game, you just choose a player to put two plus and plus encounters on a creature they control, and then a player to draw a card. If you have more than two players, then you get to do all three, right? Yes. So yeah, there's been a- some confusion online about uh, if you can target the same player with all of them. No, you can't. Otherwise, this card would be busted. Yeah, good. you just do it to yourself. Yeah. So you have to give other players. But the nice thing is sometimes no player, ha- a player has no creatures. You'd be like, all right, you put two plus and plus encounters on creatures yeah. they control, and I'm going to draw a card. And then uh, someone else make treasure tokens. But that is a downside if you're making someone make two treasure tokens, and it's not yourself. Yeah. Yeah, so. usually you'll probably want to go for either the card draw or the treasure makers. Yeah. Because the plus one, plus one counters are the weakest of the bunch. So those are probably the easiest to like give away. Yeah. But the fact that in a multiplayer game, you got to do all three kind of sucks. I mean, this seems like a it's good... It's definitely group huggy. Yeah, it seems like a group hug commander. I don't know how you can particularly build this to benefit yourself more than others. Yeah. This does, all the triggers resolve at the same time as well. Yes. Um, so it's pretty interesting here. Uh, I, I don't know. Would you build this deck? I don't think I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there is the possibility of building it as a plus one, plus one counter deck because you could give yourself plus one, plus one counters. Hardened uh, scales, doubling season, uh, all that jazz. Vorinclex, Monstrous Raider. Yeah. To, to reduce the effect on other players so you're not actually giving them as much. Yeah. That, that still might not be a bad include in yeah. the deck but yeah there's not a ton of reasons to be running this as your plus one plus one counter commander over yeah. other plus one plus one counter commander here's our first white. mention of academy manufacturer in this episode though all right look. <laughs> yeah. anyway i don't think we need to spend too much time on this card it is, it's just yeah, okay it's it's fine it's just a random green white glunch glunch, glunch. <laughs> all right next up read it off all right gorion wise mentor it's a green white blue Legendary creature, human wizard with vigilance. When you cast an adventure spell, you may copy it, and you may choose new targets for the copy. Okay, so adventure tribal. Yep. Uh, so if you played during this very broken standard period, you will know that Edgewall Innkeeper. Very good. Very good. <laughs> and there's also like Wandermare. So these are like whenever you cast an adventure spell that has an adventure, or a creature that has an adventure, you draw a card. Whenever you cast yeah. a creature spell that has an adventure, put a plus and plus encounter on Wandermare. Did Lucky Clover like get banned or something? Yeah, I don't know. I, all I know is I that feel like something from the adventure deck Throne of Eldraine was not a good set for constructed formats. <laughs> for the health much. of Yeah, magic. Oko as well. Yeah, for the health of magic. Um, so you just basically play all of the cards that care about adventures. So yes. Lucky Clover allows you to copy an adventure if it's an instant or sorcery. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so I did do some research yeah. on this. Uh, so currently, before this set comes out, there's 21 Bant Adventure cards that you can play. Okay. In the colors. And I checked in this set. This set also has about 15-ish. But you're not going to want to do that, are you? Because not all of those cards are great. No, not all those cards are great. Well, the reason that I checked was because there could be, like, what if there was 10 adventure cards in these colors? Oh, I see. Then then you can't then even you make probably, this deck. Yeah, you probably don't want to make this deck. But there are a decent amount of adventures. So there's about, let's see, so 36-ish. Okay. So you can find, like, 25 to 30 that you like and yeah. cut probably the worst ones and still make it a pretty good deck. Well, the, the nice thing is that you're going to play other cards like Archmage Meredith and Dika, Fractal Theorists, because you're technically copying yes. the adventure spell. So you're going to get the copy ability off Archmage and Dika that allows you to either do plus and plus encounters or draw a card in Archmage because anything with Magecraft cares about casting and copying so on the initial cast yep. you get the Magecraft trigger and on the copy you get the Magecraft trigger which is pretty darn good pretty darn good I don't know if you would play Jodzi Oracle of Arcavios you could you could it's <laughs> you an 8 mana spell but it cares about again copying spells uh, and so if you kind of wanted to go that direction you do have the ability in Bant to get very rampy and so you might be able to just get to that mana and have fun yeah yeah honestly it seems reasonably on rails but it, it can still be a fun time yeah this this feels to me like a draft it and build around it in draft yes. type of card um it is seems like it's not that amazing as a commander um again there just aren't enough adventure spells but seeing now that both a traditional set of magic and a non-traditional set with the D D one has adventures in it maybe means that in the future there will be more added to this yeah so that's another sort of thing just to keep yeah they've done it for. twice now so it's not like energy or something where they've only <laughs> done it once and energy. they haven't returned to it yet yeah gross <laughs> all right let's move on to jan jansen chaos crafter read off murph this one's good red white and black uh legendary creature gnome artificer it's got haste you can tap and sacrifice an artifact creature create two treasure tokens love that or you can sacrifice a none creature artifacts and make two one one colorless uh construct artifact creature tokens and that it's a you three, can three. then sacrifice to make treasures yes so you're making two every single time whether whether it's an artifact creature or a non-creature artifact yeah you're either making one ones or treasure tokens yeah so basically because you're like profiting in the amount of permanence that you have on the battlefield yeah as long as you can oh i don't know increase the amount of treasures you have or the amount of tokens that you have in some way like with academy manufacturer with zorn <laughs> yep <laughs> seems pretty good it's pretty good gold span dragon allows your treasures to tap for even more uh in these colors you can play anointed procession to make even more which is good because it cares about anointed procession doesn't care about whether it's just creatures it's just Tokens, tokens and yeah so it's the creatures and the treasures both get doubled up as a result so now you're making four of each whenever you activate the ability which yeah. is nuts that is pretty nuts that's crazy yeah and then i guess you're just going to play all of the cards that really just get you there so mirror battlesphere yeah now comes in and makes eight colorless mirror artifact creature tokens pretty good all of those can be sacrificed to make treasures yes um felden of the third path i really like because it creates an artifact creature when it pulls something out of your graveyard. And that artifact creature has to be sacrificed on your end step, so you got to get rid of it anyway. Yeah, so exactly. you get it, get the value for it, and then you can sacrifice it and turn it into treasures. Yeah, and the Felden, by the way, doesn't exile the card from the graveyard when it does it, so you can do this again. So Felden plus again. Mirror Battlesphere plus your commander is, that's going to be... And it's quite likely that you're going to be wanting to include, like, untappers, because your commander taps, and so mm -hmm. you can untap Felden, do it again. Thousand Year Elixir, Staff of Domination, yep. both ways to do it in these colors. Uh, don't you play a Kelsian deck? Yeah. So you're basically running that same package. Yeah, you're running that, the exact right? same package. You've yeah. got the, what was it? The one that untaps all creatures uh, during each player's untap step. 
See from no from Kamigawa. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the two in the white uh, the drum bellower. That's the yeah, one. that's the one. Yeah, yeah I can't believe I pulled good. that out of my head. I was not paying attention <laughs> when that. My child I got born that... during that set. <laughs> I was not paying attention, but drum bellower. I was like, whoa, what is this? Whoa, <laughs> this is what? crazy. Doing this, yeah. Uh, I think the win con is my, one of my favorite cards of all time. Marionette Master, so good. Love yeah. This card. So it says fabricate three, so you can either make three one one servos when it enters the battlefield, or you give three plus and plus encounters to it. Yep. However, whenever an artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, including treasures. Target opponent loses life equal to Marionette Master's power. So yep. if this is a 4-7 or a 4-6 when it comes out, you're just, every time you sack a treasure, blam, 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 drain four, drain four, drain four. Same with like Reckless Fire Weaver, same idea. Yeah. Yeah, because you're just making and sacrificing just a large amount of artifacts. Yeah. These types of things can just add up very, very quickly. Yep, yep. Uh, there's an infinite combo here. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, so you can do Jan Jensen and Thornbite Staff plus any sack outlets. Uh, you can get infinite treasures. Yay. Infinite 1-1 one, one constructs. Yay. Death or enter the battlefield triggers. Yeah, you could do Aristocrats this deck even. Yeah. Technically, you don't win. <laughs> <laughs> it's just infinite. But you do have as many creatures, as many treasures, as many whatever else. There's so win. many ways you could win, though. Impact, yes. Tremors, Perforos, uh, Marionette Master, right? So you got lots of different things you can do there. And once you have Infinite Man, you could also just Staff of Domination, Dryer Deck, win the game, right? Yes, so, exactly. There you go. All right, cool. Jan Jensen, definitely a pretty interesting card so far. Yeah. All right, next up, we got John Arenicus, Shattered One. This is a fun one. Two a balloon and a black for a 3-3. Elf Wizard, at the beginning of your end step, target opponent gains control of up to one target creature you control. Put two plus one plus one counters on it and tap it. It's goaded for the rest of the game. The rest of the game? And it gains. This creature can't be sacrificed. Whoa. <laughs> okay. That's sexy very rarely. See. And then whenever a creature you own but don't control attacks, you draw a card. Okay. Very cool. Your end step, opponent gains a creature, a control of up to one creature you control. Yes. It gets bigger and then it's goaded for the rest of the game and it can't be sacrificed. Yep. It can be blocked. It can be killed by traditional means, but they can't just grab it and sacrifice it. So that's kind of cool. That's pretty sweet. Uh, I, I, I am playing this in my Marchesa deck a thousand percent. Oh my gosh. That seems so good. Yeah. You can <laughs> steal creatures and then give them ones back. It just seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so what do you think we should be doing here? Uh, so what you probably want to be doing is you want to be playing creatures with downside mm -hmm. and then give them to people. Preferably creatures with downside that also have pretty good stats. Ah. So like Rotting Regisaur. Yeah, it's a three mana seven six. At the beginning of your upkeep, discard the card. Yeah, and they can't get rid of it except by maybe somebody blocking it. Yeah, it or becomes a nine eight. On it. How are they going to block this thing? Yeah. They're, they're, they have death touch. They're not. Like, that's so big. And so it's going to do a ton of damage. Uh, it'll empty your opponent's hand while filling your own hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. Give them Abyssal Persecutor. <laughs> it's a 6-6 six, six for four mana flying trample. You can't win the game and your opponents can't lose the game. So you just give this to someone they're about to win. Like, sorry, here's your Abyssal Persecutor. <laughs> this uh, reminds me of like Beamtown Bullies. Yeah, it's like, can anyone block this 8-8 eight, eight in the air <laughs> yeah. and kill it? No? Well, I guess they still can't win the game and we can't lose even if my, my life total is at negative 20 or whatever. Yeah, I, I like this a lot because what your opponents are going to have to end up doing is they're going to use removal yeah. in their hand on their own creature. That was so just to try and win but like what else are you gonna do how else are you gonna get rid of this i don't know what if you get countered <laughs> they're like fine tragic slip my own abyssal persecutor do i win counter spell no! <laughs> <laughs> you know what you know what you should do you should um 
pact of negation while somebody else has this abyssal per persecutor out. Oh, that's hilarious. Not pay for it. Yeah, you don't need to pay like, for it's it. Fine. Yeah, I'm this is your meta counter spell. Yeah, don't worry that's about it. <laughs> that's actually very funny. You can include it in the deck. It's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Three ideas. <laughs> uh, there's Asmodeus the Archfiend. This is a card that allows you to draw seven cards for black, black, black. Um, and if you would draw a card, exile the top card of your library face down instead. But the important part about it is that in order to get those cards, you got to pay black mana. Yeah. If so someone's give it to, to a green white player <laughs> so or a Boros player. Can't draw ever again. Ever again. And then they have an 8-8 eight, eight devil god that is just never going to be able to die because it's 8-8. Eight, eight. And also can't attack you. Yeah, that's right. This is funny. Oh, this is so funny. Uh, Steel Golem, three mana, three, four. You can't play creature spells. Oh, a Zedru classic right there. Zedru classic, <laughs> yeah. Hellcarver Demon. This is a card that went way up because of the Beantown Bullies. But whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you sacrifice all other permanents you control and discard your hand. <laughs> <laughs> exile the top six cards of your library. You may cast any number of non-land cards. Exile this way without paying their mana cost. So you do get like some stuff out of it, but you get rid of everything else that you have. Yeah. Um, what? So, <laughs> what is this card? I've never seen this card before. So there's like the evil eye of Ormsbagor. Ormsbagor. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's an eye. Uh, none eye creatures you control can't attack. <laughs> oh, I love this. Can't be blocked except by walls. So, so this is a 5-8 that's always going to hit someone. Always going to hit somebody. And the other creatures that that opponent has cannot attack. So say somebody has a really scary board and you're like, well, they have... 15 tokens i can't goad everything or whatever just give them an evil eye by uh evil eye of orms by gore that's and amazing they can't attack with anything except for the eye itself rough profits yeah profit certainly there's also evil eye of urborg non-eye creatures you control can't attack and then whenever i have evil eye of Orborg gets becomes blocked by a creature destroy that creature yep does something very similar makes it so that your opponents can't attack yeah eight five at this case because it's normally six three and then there's some other fun cards that's really fun? play fun very fun very fun for the the player of john arenicus <laughs> because you cannot sacrifice the creature Correct. so if you have a phyrexian negator out it's a two and a black for a five five trample it's gonna become a seven seven whenever it's dealt damage sacrifice that many permanents so if this swings in at you and you just block it with a three three they have to sacrifice three of their permanents that aren't the phyrexian negator and it's goaded right so it and it's goaded it has to attack <laughs> so it yeah. has to attack as long as somebody blocks it with literally anything they're gonna start sacrificing permanents yeah Oh, it's so fun. That's so mean. There's also Plague Reaver. <laughs> Man, maybe this is my favorite card so far. Two in the black, six, five, turns into an eight, seven with John Arenicus. At the beginning of your end step, sacrifice each other creature you control. Holy. <laughs> and then discard two cards, sacrifice Plague Reaver. Sorry, can't do that. <laughs> so can you even do this legally with it can't be sacrificed? It just undoes this activated ability, right? Well, you can't uh, activate it because you have to pay the cost. Right. The cost of sacrificing it. And it says you can't. So you cannot pay the cost. So you cannot give it to another opponent. So you're stuck with it. It's big. It has to attack. And you cannot keep a creature on the board as long as this thing's out. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that is the end of part one of the set review. With a mean one. With a very mean one. Uh, before we get into the other parts, Murph, what's your favorite commander you think from the ones we talked about? John Arenicus, easily. I was going to say, me too. <laughs> John Arenicus. I've had the most fun talking about it. Although I will say I do like uh, uh, Commander Liara. I think that's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. And Duke Older, I think both have... Uh, yeah, I do like the Duke. Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting things happening for Boros in that case. Mm -hmm. But John Arenicus, I think, just takes the cake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So much fun. And by fun, I mean fun for me. Fun, fun for, for me, not for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. To the listeners, what new commander are you excited to build? What sweet tech do you have for our community? Let us know in the comments. Of course, we're having part two of this episode coming out soon as well. So we're going to cover all the rest of the cards that we didn't talk about today that are not from the commander sets. So plenty more to come. But from these, this first batch, let us know what you're excited to build. If we missed any combos or anything, let us know as well. And hey, you're going to buy these cards 
head on over to channelfireball.com slash command. That's our affiliate link. Murph? Yeah? Have you been typing in channelfireball.com slash command to buy your magic cards? Uh, I type in uh, channelfireball.com, but I keep forgetting to put in the slash commands. Oh, no. So what do I do about that, Jimmy? Well, when you're at checkout, turns you can just write the word command or type it. You don't write it. Don't write on your computer. <laughs> <laughs> type the word in command at checkout. You also get to apply that uh, affiliate code, and that way they'll know that we sent you there, and that's all you have to do. You get the amazing services and everything else from channelfireball.com slash command, their marketplace, and all that shopping from local game stores around the country supporting local game stores and you get to benefit this show at the same time so make sure you do that you can buy magic cards anyway and we just talked about a bunch i'm gonna go pick up an evil eye of orms Bagor, uh, <laughs> right after this and when you get those cards put them into ultra pro sleeves deck boxes play mats magic events are finally starting back up around the country if you're going to one safely you can now bring your cards in style and uh, there's a lot of really cool art from this set as well. Not to mention, we trust Ultra Pro for everything. They have printed our playmats for the past three. Uh, they make just incredible products that really great fit quality. everything that you might need across the board. And they have a lot of different price points too, so that you don't need to buy the most primo thing. You can get what fits your collection for either organizing it. They have these cool backpacks as well. Josh has been using a backpack by theirs for the last, I don't know, seven years now. Yeah, if he ever goes to a convention, like I always see him with it. Like, yeah. you know, he never leaves home without it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so obviously Ultra Pro is the place to go and you can also go to shop.ultrapro.com slash command and you're going to find all the products there they always have discounts as well so you can find some great deals okay no end step because this episode is too long already so let's just go ahead and thank our uh, amazing team here at the command zone Damon Lenz, Shauna Gillis, Arthur Mellicroft, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Manson Lund, Craig Blanchett, Josh Murphy, right here, Jake Boss, Josh Lee Kwai, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Sam Waller, Garov Goliath, Chuck Ty, Jamie Block, Mitch Trafford, and Evan Limberger. Whew. I swear, every time I do this, it gets longer. <laughs> it does. And big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the living card animations that live behind us uh, sometimes on set, but also start our show on our YouTube channel. All right, make sure you tune in for part two of the set review. It is coming soon. Many more interesting cards from the set to talk about. I'm super excited. And hopefully some crazy, crazy things you can do to your opponents with uh, cards like John Arenicus. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs>